Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. The NHL might want to talk to some swimmers. They could start with the women on the University of Pennsylvania swimming team. Remember them? Ask them if they think Leah Thomas is a woman. The NHL put out a tweet today that says, Trans women are women, trans men are men, non-binary identity is real. They're allowed to believe that. It was in a response to a reply to a tweet the league put up earlier that said, quote, The NHL is proud to support this past weekend's Team Trans Draft Tournament in Middleton, Wisconsin. This was the first tournament comprised entirely of transgender and non-binary players with around 80 folks participating. Nothing wrong with that. The transgender people want to get together and have a, a league, a draft, whatever that is. No problem. Uh, and it's nice that there's going to be a trans team tournament. But the problem is if the NHL, NHL is going to take that stance, at some point it's good, there's a good chance it's going to have to defend a six foot three man showing up to play goalie for the U.S. women's Olympic team or maybe the Canadian team, in which case Justin Trudeau would be out there leading the cheers for him. All the women on the University of Pennsylvania swimming team said, and they said all the right things about Leah Thomas when it first, uh, when the story first broke, and they said the right things when they were speaking in public, and then a couple of them got fed up and went public, and they eventually said, a few of them anyway, that they hated seeing him changing his clothes in their locker room and walking around naked uh, in front of them, and they didn't like the idea that he was taking a spot away from a woman on the team or winning um, championships in the tournament. The NHL is on a campaign to show how woke it is. That's okay, but if they hooked up every woman playing hockey in college or any woman trying out for the Olympic team to a polygraph and asked if a six-foot-three guy playing goalie is a woman, not one would pass the test if she answered yes. Now, it's too bad there's no hitting in women's hockey because it would really be interesting to see how the women felt about being checked into the boards by a six-foot-three transgender defenseman. I mean, defensewoman. Because that's what would eventually happen. And there's not a guy now playing in the NHL who would pass that test either, by the way. Now, of course, men and women who work for the NHL know that they can't even think about publicly disagreeing with the league's tweet. And most of the men and women in sports media will also be afraid to admit that it's ridiculous. But, you know, that's where we are in 2022. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about how something that sounds as wonderful and sensible as the Respect for Marriage Act is actually a hot, steaming pile of horse manure. And speaking of woke, what's up with Disney? The woke CEO was fired, and he was replaced by the guy he replaced. Stick around. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Snarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Well, here's a crazy fact for you. Um, I, I guess I can say that I've spent about three, oh, I'd say two and a half years in my bathroom. 
because uh, this is a fact, over your entire life, you spend almost three years in your bathroom, and I'm getting up there in age, so I'm going to give myself two and a half years in there. That's a lot of time to spend in a space if you don't love it. So if you uh, don't love your bathroom right now, upgrade to the bathroom of your dreams with Bath R Us. The uh, bath experts at Bath R Us offer complete bath and shower remodeling services. It's a total bathroom transformation, uh, and it's not an overlay. It's a total transformation, and it includes high-quality furniture-grade wood vanities with soft closed doors and drawers, cultured marble tops and integrated bowl systems, and it's modern and durable tubs and showers with low-maintenance resistance to mold and mildew, and they're easy to clean. You can put it all together, choose from a selection of beautiful luxury vinyl flooring, both water-resistant and low-maintenance, gorgeous faucets, all that stuff, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. And here's the best part. Schedule your free in-home estimate right now and get $1,000 off plus low to maybe no monthly payments. That's right. Thousand bucks off and low to possibly no monthly payments. Just call today, 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Or go to bathorus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com. And start loving your bathroom again. Attention, this is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-518-1985. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-518-1985 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-518-1985. What do you have to lose? Call 800-518-1985. Again, 800-518-1985. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, the Respect for Marriage Act seems like something everybody would vote for. Unfortunately, 12 Republicans did, and I guess it could be on its way to becoming a law. Sarah Partial Perry is a senior legal fellow in the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation, and she joins us now. Sarah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So um, what could possibly be wrong with a law called the Respect for Marriage Act? What could go wrong there? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, one would think nothing, but of course the left and the Democrats are very adept at using language to their own benefit. They use those soft, fuzzy, anodyne terms to make it sound as though we all have to get behind a bill like this. But what this does is very little, if anything, to give gay Americans any privileges or benefits that they already have under federal law. We know with Obergefell versus Hodges from 2015, same-sex marriage is already legal in all 50 states. And the Defense of Marriage Act, DOMA as it was called, was overruled in U.S. versus Windsor. So these are occurrences that have already transpired. What this bill does do, however, is federalize marriage law and it ultimately eliminates the right of conscientious objection for anyone who isn't a church, mosque, or synagogue. And that is one of our primary problems with this particular piece of legislation, is that for all the representations that religious Americans are protected, that's really the furthest thing from the truth. So uh, what was wrong with the Defense of Marriage Act? That was like 1994, right? Correct, and actually signed into law by President Bill Clinton, himself a Democrat. But Defense of Marriage Act was struck down in those two cases because the Supreme Court determined that, listen, the federal government ought not to be meddling in the affairs of state government. And marriage is one of those particular domestic relations aspects of the law that is relegated to the state's properly under the 10th Amendment. Now, this is slightly different because what this requires is the recognition of one state's marriage law to be legal in another state. And it also works upward. And by that, I mean a recognition of that particular state's marriage law to also be recognized by the federal government. That includes, for example, multi-person marriages or a person who is married not once, but twice simultaneously. So there are a multitude of problems with this bill. So um, what about, uh, how about if the federal government and all governments just didn't get involved in anybody's marriage? Why does, the, why does well, any government have to sanction anybody's marriage? It's kind of a religious thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've, you've simplified it, but simple isn't how we do things here in Washington. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is a Tammy Baldwin-Chuck Schumer special, uh-huh. and they want to codify Obergefell versus Hodges, even though there's absolutely no need to. All 50 states recognize same-sex marriage. There is no church that's being forced across the country to perform same-sex marriage ceremonies. And so language to that effect in the law, where they say that nonprofit religious organizations don't have to, what they call solemnize marriage or celebrate marriage, isn't actually a problem that's happening. That would be patently unconstitutional. But I'll tell you who's left out in the cold is organizations that are religious in nature but are for-profit, organizations that aren't engaged in provision of marriage services, like I give you, for example, Catholic Social Services there in Philadelphia, who just won a victory at the Supreme Court a few months ago, and also religious individuals. Those particular groups and people have no right of dissent with a bill like this. And so even though it uses very comfortable terminology, very social justice-sounding terminology, it is only related to religious institutions when they are asked to celebrate marriages, but to no one else. Um, what does uh, the fact that 12 so-called Republican senators like Mitt Romney voted for it mean and uh, the chances of it being stopped? Is it, is it a done deal now because of that? Well, I think Mitt Romney is beholden to the LDS, and his constituency out in Utah has backed this bill from the beginning, which we're absolutely shocked by. But I do think that this comes in large part from a failure to understand exactly what the practical effects are going to be of a bill like this. I give you, for example, the hiring of 87,000 new IRS agents. There's no affirmative defense in this bill that tax-exempt status won't be scrutinized and eventually revoked 
based on an unpopular opinion on uh, traditional marriage. There are so many loopholes here that our organization has concerns about exactly what these practical effects are going to be. We have seen the real world effects of government agencies, both local, state, and federal, investigating, prosecuting, charging individuals who hold these unpopular beliefs. But those are precisely the beliefs that even in Obergefell itself, Justice Kennedy writing for the court said explicitly, many people have sincerely held religious beliefs that are reasonable based on gender differentiations between men and women in marriage they need to be respected. Well, this bill says respect, but it doesn't say protect, and that's a big, big hole. Yeah, the Democrats claim that the law won't be used by the IRS to uh, deny religious organizations tax-exempt status. That's what they're selling, aren't they? Sure, that's absolutely what they're selling. That and the uh, 25-cent coin will probably get you a quarter of a cup of coffee here in D.C., but in short, what we're looking at is ultimately a bill that will have an effect that's exceptionally wide-ranging. And again, I go back to the issue of whether or not an affirmative defense has been provided for in this particular bill. They had the opportunity to adopt Senator Mike Lee's very comprehensive religious liberty amendment. There is still some time to do that. The vote that's transpired so far has moved it out of what's called cloture, which means all have moved forward with their willingness to debate and vote. We are hopeful that even those 12 GOP senators will eventually have an opportunity to reexamine the bill and its effects, where the country is going generally, why this may or may not be needed, and at least at the very end, get some better religious protections instituted in this bill. We're talking to Sarah, Sarah Parshall-Perry. She's a senior legal fellow in the Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Um, and uh, I, I just uh, off on a little tangent here again. Uh, these things, when I see them, uh, not being an attorney and not being a constitutional expert, just being a guy out here, um, this seems to me to be just one more reason why whoever was very much against the federal government being involved in anything like this was right, whether it was 240 years ago or 100 years ago. That this, this, the first, you know, talking about tax exempt status and, you know, there, there even being a federal income tax, it's just, it's just all, all of this just seems to be another great argument for telling the government to leave us alone about everything. Absolutely. Well, and again, this came from the very big decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, one of the last of the term overturning Roe versus Wade. It was a single concurrence on the part of Justice Clarence Thomas in which he said, listen, my vote is to revisit all of what's called our substantive due process rights cases. Now, those are the rights that the Supreme Court has essentially created using the 14th Amendment as its vehicle. It did that precise thing in Roe versus Wade. But when it overturned Roe versus Wade in Dobbs, the Supreme Court said very clearly, abortion is different. It involves the potential of a third life. And because of that, we are limiting our opinion to this. None of the other substantive due process cases are under consideration. And we want to be very clear about that. Well, that has not prevented the current ruling party in the Senate from being able to pick up ahead of steam and essentially develop some very elaborate histrionics, proving that these are now all risks that are going to be under the microscope and are potentially on the chopping block. And what they've done, I believe, with interracial marriage is also unconscionable. Miscegenation laws, which were those interracial marriage prohibitions, have not been an issue since 1967 in Loving versus Virginia. So just in, particularly based on an opinion that was written by a justice who himself is in an interracial marriage, I find nothing short of laughable. But long story short, they should have stayed out of the marriage business from the outset. It is a state's rights issue. Yeah, and uh, so you're talking about the interracial thing, and that, that's where uh, the, the proponents of this are saying that uh, are, are equating being against uh, same-sex marriage uh, to interracial marriage? 
Correct. And, and then that, Correct. that and if you don't have this law, on. if you don't have this law, then people who interracial uh, interracial couples will not be allowed to get married, uh, because if you if we don't have this law, is that what you're saying? That's, That's what they're exactly saying. Exactly it, because that stems also from the Fourteenth Amendment, and there isn't a state in the country that would outlaw interracial marriage to advance that as a talking point simply in order to pass a bill that concretizes this particular definition of marriage is unconscionable. Again, I do believe it plays off all of the benefits, all of the achievements and the gains of the civil rights movement. These are two distinct issues. But again, Simply getting the federal judiciary involved in the issue of marriage, which is rightfully relegated to the states under the 10th Amendment, would have been the appropriate response from the outset. Their problem was sticking their finger into this pool of water. Now they're having trouble extricating themselves. But regardless of that, Dobbs did not put same-sex marriage under the microscope or on the chopping block. All 50 states recognize it. Same-sex couples are entitled to the same benefits, rights, privileges, and immunities guaranteed by marriage in all other states. What we have an issue with is the fact that what this does is narrow the First Amendment. And it forces, through a private right of action, individuals who might dissent based on their religious beliefs to go into court to defend themselves, to pay an attorney to say explicitly, this is based on my First Amendment free exercise right. Unfortunately, that's not how the justices see the Constitution is working. You don't have to defend yourself in court in order to recognize a particular constitutional freedom. Those require no extra burden, but an extra burden is precisely what the Senate is intent on doing. And here's the problem. Um, I haven't seen any polls on this, but how if you, if you took a, a poll of the average, you just took a poll, and you said, uh, d- do you agree with the Respect for Marriage Act? Who's going to say no? Because not, not everybody is a, is a legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation and is not looking into this like you guys are. Right, right. And I think that's part of the reason that we are talking about it so much and why we have pushed for Senator Lee's amendment, a very comprehensive amendment that will ultimately protect Profit, nonprofit, individual, and eliminate that private right of action that's going to clog up the judiciary in terms of now all these individuals claiming to be aggrieved because someone has exercised their First Amendment right. Listen, we're going to see this play out at the Supreme Court on December 5th, where we're going to hear oral arguments in 303 Creative versus Alenis, and that's the case of the religious website designer who has a dissent on the notion of same-sex marriage. She'll design websites for anyone, but doesn't want to create a website celebrating a same-sex marriage. This conflict between civil rights law and constitutional liberties only promises to get more intense. But what the Senate has done is ultimately turn up the heat on this debate and has once again involved itself in a matter that should have been left to the states. And so bottom line here, uh, Sarah, is this going to become a law, do you think? <clears throat> well, we're not sure. We are uh, at the razor's edge at present. Again, we've moved only from cloture into open debate. We anticipate there are going to be possibly days or even weeks of debate on this, depending on whether or not there are numbers to defeat a filibuster. Um, so it really only time can tell. I think we're a little grateful for this break of a few days to sort of go off and appreciate our families and friends during the holidays. But we're going to see, I think, a, a Senate that's very much loaded for bear once we return next Monday. Well, let's hope they fight uh, against it. And uh, people like Mitt Romney sure don't help, do they? Um, no, they do not. Hey, Sarah, I'm out of time. I appreciate you coming on to explain this. And everybody should know that it's a lot more than the Respect for Marriage Act, even though that's what it's called. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Sarah Partial Perry, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and we will be right back. Seven two Patriot. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Republicans are five weeks away from taking over the House, but they've already started to preview a clash with the Pentagon over its Biden-era policies. 
Details from correspondent Bernie Bennett. Would-be House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says Congress should delay the National Defense Authorization Act until next year, citing the need for the new majority to crack open the bill and try to roll back policies meant to make the service more inclusive. Because they're in the minority, Republicans haven't been able to make much of a dent on how the Defense Department handles its troops. All of that changes on January 3rd, when those same Republicans gain the power to call their own hearings on topics of their choosing, push through legislation, and put their concerns front and center. Bernie Bennett, Washington. And in World Cup soccer, the U.S. and Wales in a 1-1 tie game. Next up for the U.S. will be England on Friday. Today's big upset, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina 2-1. This is SRN News. Hi, I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Inflation is a problem, markets are volatile, and the risk of running out of money in retirement is real. That's why I love annuities, and you should too. Your financial advisor doesn't want you to know that with our annuity strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year, and when the stock market goes down, your annuity won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and you should only invest if you learn the facts. And that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500 and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to use safe, low-fee annuities to build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. This Thanksgiving... Our country is facing some tough challenges, but we Americans still have a long list of things we should be thankful for, for our families and friends. We should be thankful for our faith, freedoms, and liberties. And of course, we are thankful for you. Thanks for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. AM 1250, The Answer. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Hi, this is Dennis Prager. As you know, the culmination of my life's work has been writing my Rational Bible Commentary series. I have done Genesis, Exodus, and the just-released Deuteronomy. They are all called the Rational Bible because my approach is entirely reason-based. So if you're looking for the perfect holiday gift, even for someone with no faith, in fact especially, I recommend giving them my Rational Bibles. Go to PragerStore.com. You can buy them individually or as a complete set. That's PragerStore.com. Supply chains are loosening and inventory is arriving at Pitt Cycles. And now's a great time to celebrate with the purchase of a brand new ride. This is John Sagerwald. Pitt Cycles showrooms are bursting with selection. Over 228 models from Indian, Triumph, BMW, Royal Enfield, KTM. And now to the end of the year, get a stylish Noru Marucci leather riding jacket free with your purchase of a new street bike. In Warrendale, next to Jurgle at pitcycles.com. Pit Cycles! AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. It's some rough going out there. Eastbound Turnpike shut down with an accident. This is in between Pittsburgh-Monroeville and the Irwin exit. On the Parkway East, inbound trip tied up 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound from Boulevard of the Allies up to Edgewood, Swissvale is heavy. Parkway West, inbound delays from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound heavy from Banksville Road up to Carnegie. On 28 inbound, you'll see delays Fox Chapel Road to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Clear skies expected tonight, low 27. Brilliant sunshine tomorrow. Ideal weather for one of the busiest travel days of the year, the high 50. Tomorrow night, a star-studded sky, low 28. Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, partly sunny skies, a high 55. Black Friday, if you're headed out to the stores, take an umbrella. It'll be cloudy with a couple of showers. We'll reach a high of 49. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. 
Well, Christian Toto of HollywoodInToto.com has been on this show a lot. He's the author of a book called Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. I thought uh, he'd be a really good guy to talk about today about with uh, uh, the subject of the big change at Disney. And uh, Christian joins us now. Christian, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, Disney fired a guy named Bob Chapik, if that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, Chapik, Chapik, I don't know, and replaced him with the guy he replaced, Bob Iger. <laughs> now, was this Chapik guy uh, Mr. Woke, and is that why he's gone? Aside from the fact that they're losing money like crazy. Yeah, I mean, from what I tell, I think both are either woke or so scared to be unwoke that they had to pretend to be woke. It's it's hard to say, you know, you have to kind of get them some uh, truth serum and figure out what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, the, the woke... Uh, revolution at Disney didn't start with JPEG, and I, I think, you know, Iger was part of that maneuvering. And so I don't think this signals an end to that. I think it signals the fact they know that uh, the company has hit some rough seas and they need to do something. And uh, maybe uh, Iger will be sort of a, a steadier hand. I, I, I suspect that Iger is more of a true believer than his replacement. You mean a, a true belo- believer in wokeness? Yeah, I mean, that's just a sense, I guess. Yeah. I, think, I think it was more natural. You know, Chapik had, had talked about, was a little bit unsure if he should get into the, uh, the kerfuffle involving Florida's uh, erroneously called Don't Say Gay Bill yeah. and things like that. And then he kind of got dragged into that controversy. So, I, you know, I think he was maybe a less uh, firm leader mm-hmm. to, to run Disney. And maybe Iger has that over him. Uh, you know, whether you like or hate Iger, I think he's kind of more... Uh, a commanding presence. So we'll, we'll see. But I listen. Disney's had some rough times, and the stock prices have been mostly terrible. And some of their, you know, valuable properties have fizzled a bit. So I understand it's a recognition that there are, that things are going wrong there. And uh, it's a huge company. It still has lots of lots of uh, strengths and lots of uh, properties that will be, you know, valuable for decades to come. So you don't co- you don't count Disney out. But it's an acknowledgement that there's a. Uh, Maybe some tough times in the media future. Well, when you look at the the properties that Disney owns, movies, TV, amusement parks, ESPN, ABC, uh, it's hard to believe that their stock could go down the toilet like it did. Uh, will Iger blame that on wokeness and stop with the LGBTQ characters and storylines? Uh, it sounds like you don't think he will. I don't think he will. Uh, I don't think that's his main directive at this point, which is funny because that's actually what's happening slowly in other parts of the Hollywood universe. We've seen Netflix kind of dial back a bit on how much will content they bring. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has canceled some projects like the Batgirl film that was uh, allegedly woke, allegedly sort of part of that movement. Uh, it won't see the light of day from what we can see at this point. So, you know, there's been some movement in this area, but I don't see any real firm indications that Disney's there yet. They may be, you know, down the road. I mean, when, when, when you start losing significant money and there's some financial pitfalls ahead, then maybe you kind of wake up. But I don't, I don't sense that that, that massive company is there yet. That's interesting. I'm looking here now at a, at a story at, on Yahoo, um, and it's, um, it's, a, it's a, you know, kind of an analysis of what's going on at Disney. And it's a pretty long piece and it, uh, with a lot of detail. And it spends a lot of time talking about uh, structure and who, uh, I guess, an, uh, uh, this Chapik guy, his uh, number one assistant, was also immediately fired by Iger. And it goes on to talk about how it's going to be structured and how the, the people in the corporation are feeling about it and the austerity program and blah, blah, blah. There's not one mention in this story about wokeness, or I'm not using that word, but even, even talking about content having had an effect on the fact that their their uh, stocks went down the toilet. Not one mention of it. Well, I'm not surprised. That's what you see from the press. The press would be the last sort of body in general that would acknowledge that's an issue or a problem or a concern. It's just not what they cover. They kind of put their heads in the sand and ignore it. You know, when you see a lot of the major films flopping, uh, box office gross is going down. You know, if you look at a uh, an alternative media outlet, a write-up center media outlet, they, they will mention that. They will mention that because that is part of the equation. It's, it's one of the things that's happening in the culture and that some people don't like. But when it comes to general journalism, mainstream media, they don't go near it. They will not blame anything on that. And I think within that Hollywood ecosystem bubble, it's a very similar frame of mind. They just, they just don't, they don't go there. They can't even imagine it. How could you be a 
person trained in journalism and do a story on the problems that Disney had, even if it, even if Iger hadn't been brought back and this hadn't happened the other day, how do you do a story on? Gee, what's seems to there seems to be a problem at Disney? They're losing money, and not bring up the content of the of the very stuff that they're supposed to make money with. I'm not surprised at all. This is journalism in the modern era. They ignore things they don't want to talk about. They ignore inconvenient narratives and truths. It's just what they do. Uh, you know, I've been covering Hollywood entertainment for a long time now, and I've seen my colleagues in the entertainment press. It's just how they operate. If there's something that doesn't fit with their narrative, they ignore it. They pretend it doesn't exist. Or would it be even worse if they don't even realize it exists? Uh, sometimes I can't tell which is which, whether they're purposely denying it or they're just so out of it that they don't understand. And, you know, a lot of these organizations, a lot of these journalists, they don't read write-ups center news sites. They don't, you know, check in with Heartland USA. They don't understand the frustrations that many, many feel about this woke situation. Listen, we are all for diversity. We want everyone yeah. to tell their stories. Yeah. It's this woke, it's the lecturing, it's the, it's the, the hand-wringing, it's the in-your-face moments in films and TV shows that have left many people exhausted. If, if, we, if we sense that there's that, that a, a whiff of that in a movie, we stay away. And I say we, I, I'm, yeah. I've been imagine the people from left of center who are exhausted by that. Just tell a story, just entertain us. And it, when it comes to Disney, just entertain the whole family. Do what you've been doing yeah. for generations. What built your brand over the years. It's a rock solid, bulletproof brand that they are trying to disassemble in a way. I, I'm just shocked by it. Well, the National Hockey League uh, put out a tweet today. It was in response to a... They were congratulating um, a group of people who put together a transgender uh, hockey players tournament. You know, they had a draft, and they said 80 people showed up, and they were excited about it, and that's fine. But somebody responded to it. I don't know what the, the reply to that tweet was, but their reply to the reply was, trans women are women, trans men are men, um, and uh, non-binary uh, is a reality, or something like that. Um, and so... I know you don't cover sports, but what what is it? We just this is kind of the same thing because why does the NHL have to wade into that? What what purpose does it serve? How about just just backing off from it and just leave it alone? I, I just don't get it. Well, I think a couple of things are here. One is I imagine the people that that are in charge of the NHL social media accounts are probably young probably activists in nature, and they want to kind of get into this conversation. They want to kind of share their views. Like, and like you said, this is a NHL. It's a hockey league. Why would they even get themselves involved in this debate? If they wanted to set up a trans league, then God bless them. Just, you know, let's have people play hockey. Yeah. I, I love this sport. It's amazing. They're all, all for it. But that's, you know, organizations that you think have no business getting involved with the culture wars, should not be involved in politics should not be thinking about these issues, should not be getting involved. They do it. Everyone feels this compulsion, especially on the hard left. They just think that every aspect of our society must be this culture war fight, and every resource we have at our disposal must be used toward that end. And that's why you see what you see. We're talking to Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com, author of Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. Um, I guess you were kind of... um a prophetic in your a title of your book there. Uh, it, it, got, it got woke, and, and I mean, I don't know if Disney lost its soul, but it sure lost a ton of money. They have, and you know, like, things, like I mentioned before, these different big studios are realizing that this is not a successful strategy. And, you know, listen, the economy is terrible. It doesn't look good moving forward in the future. A lot of belt tightening is going on across the Hollywood board. You just at some point, you have to kind of make some hard choices. And for Netflix, it was getting rid of this Megan Markle animated series. It might have been called Pearl that was in development. That's been scratched. Of course, the Batgirl movie I mentioned as well. Yeah. Uh, there was an anti-racist baby animated uh, special or series that was going to be on Netflix. That one got canceled as well. And so you're seeing some changes where they're thinking, okay, it's great to virtue signal. It's great to kind of promote this woke ideology. But what if it's not making us money? And I think that that, that that sort of reality is hitting Hollywood. But but as you say, this wokeness that, that uh, Disney has been afflicted with, it actually began with Iger, right? 
And he's the guy they brought yeah, back. Yeah. So it's doubling down yeah. almost. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think a lot of the stuff that happens behind the scenes, and I actually spoke to a, an animator at Disney uh, who spoke anonymously to me for my book, and he told me some of the some of the woke activities that that the employees face. That sort of this training and lectures yep, and all these yep. different seminars they attend. They're storytellers. They make great movies. Often, you know, Pixar, Walt Disney, you name it. These animated uh, specials can be wonderful. That's what they should focus on. I mean, you don't you don't want harassment in the workplace. You want to give a seminar on that, then good for you. But other stuff, other things that are going on behind the scenes, it seems wildly inappropriate. So that's where these organizations are. And again, they're either true believers or they're too afraid to to, to kind of deviate from this cultural new norm. Yeah, the the videos uh, surfaced uh, several months ago. We might have had you on to talk about it, actually, where you had uh, high-level executives at uh, Disney. I guess it was in some kind, on some kind of a Zoom call with um, other executives, and uh, she, it was a woman. She was very, uh, very high up in the organization, uh, bragging about how she, everybody has been thrilled with her making sure that LBGTQ content is somewhere in everything that they do. Yeah, it's saying the quiet part out loud, although I guess because it was leaked, maybe they didn't realize that would be the case. But, uh, I mean, first and foremost, you'd be telling stories. And I am very uh, sensitive to some of the issues in play, but I also think that it can be complicated. And I think for young viewers, and that's where Disney's bread and butter is, is sort of the, you can watch it with your grandkids and the grandparents. Yeah. You know, is that the right content at the right time for those young minds? I don't know if it is. That's up to the parents. And I think if the parents, you know, settle settle down, they want to crank up the Disney Plus and watch something with their kids, and all of a sudden they've got to answer some some odd questions from their children about what's going on on screen, you know, it, it isn't natural to the storytelling process. It doesn't mean that this should be shut out. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't approach these stories. Everyone should have their stories being told. And I think that Hollywood is doing a much better job of that kind of representation. But for young kids, it's, you know, parents have to decide what's appropriate or not. And I think that's the, that's the divide that's going on between Disney and some audiences. Yeah, I grew up with Disney, and, and actually Disney grew up with me because, I, you know, I'm old enough uh, to remember when uh, the Walt Disney uh, Hour was on Sundays and Walt himself, you know, would introduce the show. And it was all about family. And I'm wondering um, how much of what I saw when I was a kid, uh, you know, Sleeping Beauty is is now they're afraid to uh, to to uh, revisit that because the kiss that is made there is sexual assault. I mean, how many of their old properties are going to survive the wokeness? Well, it's funny you mentioned that there are at least two different properties. I thought it was Peter Pan and Dumbo, the animated films. That have, I believe they have warning labels or some sort of announcement prior, if you're watching them at Disney Plus, that some of the representation was of the era and maybe inappropriate yeah. or insensitive or not with the times. That's their own content. So that's where we are. And by the way, you mentioned that sexual assault of the kiss and Sleeping Beauty. If there's not a better example of how outrageous this whole conversation and this whole cultural revolution is, I can't think of one. Yeah, and that's... And, and see, I... I I always have a problem with this because I did a, I opened the show with a comment on on the NHL and I said that if you hooked the women I said they should talk to some swimmers at the University of Pennsylvania to find out if they think they still think Leah Thomas is a woman. Um I don't know if you know that story but Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and the comment I made about the NHL it goes for this too. You you cannot now work for the NHL and publicly disagree with that tweet. You just can't. And no player will. If a, if a player were to be asked about that, uh, they, they wouldn't. They couldn't do it. They'd be canceled. They'd, they'd get in trouble for it. So um, you know, it, it's it. I don't understand how they are able to get away with that, and how there are so few people with the guts to say, "I don't. I'm not buying that. I, I'm. I don't. I don't believe in that." And so, what are the chances that there's anybody working at Disney who has the power to push back against the wokeness there, which would be a thousand times more woke than the NHL would be. Yeah, you know, there was a, a movement a few months ago where people, you know, I don't even know if they were right of center or just maybe uh, faith-based or just workers who were exhausted by this woke um, brain brainwashing that's going on behind the scenes, but they put a, an open letter together and said, listen, can you stop? Can we just go back to telling stories? And that didn't move the needle within Team Disney at all. 
And I, I think the bottom line is when, you know, I, it, listen, you can have a, an opinion. I agree. I, I disagree with vehemently, but you should be allowed to have that opinion. And I think we're getting this weird place. where We can't have those opinions, even if they're coming from a kind place. And that's really scary. But if we all stood up and said what we wanted to say and spoke our minds, they couldn't cancel us all. But what happens is when one person puts their head up, they get canceled. They take all the heat and they go away. And it sends a very powerful message to everyone else. Don't do that. Yeah, but there, times. there's only one side of the issue that you're allowed to speak out on. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. There's one approved opinion. The rest is, is, is not is not approved. You cannot go there. And what we've seen, and I cover this a lot on my site, is that it's YouTube, it's Instagram, it's Twitter. I, I've, I've talked to comedians who have had jokes that have been canceled or demonetized because they're of the wrong opinion. It wasn't like they were shed, you know, sharing misinformation. They just maybe were critical of Dr. Fauci. And that's a no-no on these platforms. It's a very, very uh, awful situation that's going on now. And if, they'll, if they're gonna cancel jokesters, they're gonna say, okay, we can't share this joke or that gag. What about the guy or gal who's like living paycheck to paycheck and they, you know, they fear speaking out? I don't blame them. It's very, it's very toxic out there. We're finishing up here with Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com, his prophetic book. Uh, when did you write this, uh, Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul? How long ago did you write it? You know, it came out in January. I, I filed it a few months prior. Yeah. And my thought at the time was, you know what, if, this, if, this, if the woke revolution ends and things get better, I won't make a nickel on my book, <laughs> but I'll be very happy. And that has not happened. So that's uh, yeah. The, the, the bittersweet nature of the book. It's good for my book sales and very bad for our culture. Well, real, real quick, i got about 30 seconds. How, how, yeah. how many of the people that you run into in the Hollywood media business uh, agree with you? Very few. I actually know two prominent uh, writers, reporters, critics, uh, Chris Gore from Film Threat and Sasha Stone from Awards Daily. And uh, they've been in the industry for decades, and they are left of center and they are sick and tired of what's going on with this world culture and the clamping down of freedom. But they are exceptions, and they they face some punishment for for being exceptions. But uh, good for them. So they've actually admitted to it publicly. They oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're very bold, very upfront. And again, they're left of center. They're not politically right of center. They're pretty clear with what they say and what they think. But this woke stuff, they are fed up with it. They know what it does to creativity, to free expression. It's 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 toxic to the creative process. How could you not be? Christian, I really always love having you on the show. Great stuff. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, that's Christian Toto. You can find him at HollywoodInToto.com. I'll be right back. Hey, how'd you like to get a new bathroom for Christmas? Maybe get it, maybe get it done well before Christmas if you start now. You can do that and uh, not have to make a payment maybe for uh, oh, a long time. Uh, or no, either, and if you do have to make a payment, they'll be awfully low. You just need to check out uh, Bath R Us. You go to bathrus.com, bath, the letter R, us.com, uh, or call 412-752-6880. And uh, we're talking here about a total transformation of your bathroom, not an overlay. Uh, they come in, and when they leave, and it doesn't take long, their bathroom experts uh, offer complete bath and shower remodeling service. Total transformation, not an overlay. And you get high-quality uh, furniture-grade vanities. You get modern and durable tubs and showers, low maintenance. Uh, they have resistance to mold and mildew, and they're really easy to clean. And you can choose from a selection of uh, luxury vinyl flooring, both water-resistant and low-maintenance, uh, gorgeous faucets, fixtures, all that stuff. And it all comes with a lifetime warranty. So it's Bath R Us. You can call today, 412-752-6880. Make that uh, schedule for your free and home estimate, 412-752-6880. Go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com to start loving your bathroom again. This Thanksgiving... Our country is facing some tough challenges, but we Americans still have a long list of things we should be thankful for, for our families and friends. We should be thankful for our faith, freedoms, and liberties. And of course, we are thankful for you. Thanks for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. AM 1250, 
the answer. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to my listeners. This is John Stagerwald. Right now, MyPillow is offering exclusive offers on their bed sheets, their six-piece towel set, and even offering an extended 60-day money-back guarantee. Orders placed now through December 25th will now have an extended money-back guarantee through March 1st. The Giza bed sheets are marked out as low as $29.99, and believe me when I say you will get a great night's sleep in these. Their six-piece towel set is made with USA cotton, comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Typically retailed at $89.98 is now just $39.98 with promo code STAG. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for this radio exclusive offer on all bed sheets. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we told you yesterday that CBS finally did the uh, the Bunner Hyde, the, the Bunner Hyde, or him too, the Hunter Biden um, laptop story. Uh, and uh, our friends at newsbusters.org, they came up with um, a bunch of things that actually didn't take as long as it took CBS to finally report on this. Here's a couple of them. A round trip to Mars and back proposed by NASA would take 639 days. I think it was 769 days that it took CBS to report on Hunter Biden. The combined presidencies of Garfield, Harrison, and Taylor was 723. That's 45 days shorter. The entire production process of Casablanca from writing to release took 450 days. The Mexican-American War only took 648. It took CBS 769 days to get around to covering Hunter Biden's laptop. Shep Smith's CNBC show lasted 764 days, uh, and Tiffany Cross's MSNBC show lasted 686. Donald Trump's Twitter ban only lasted 680. Again, took CBS 769 days to discover the Hunter Biden story. And by the way, they did the story, a long piece by Catherine uh, uh, Herridge and... uh, she uh, never mentioned the word China in the report, I don't think. And Frank Giannano Jr.'s 100-mile run across the continental United States, he did that in 46 days. So it took CBS 769 days. They should be so proud. Nice going, CBS. The John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van.